Hey everyone, you're listening to God's Whole Story, a podcast of Worship Center. We know just how hard it is to read God's Word and understand it, so we decided to read the Bible chronologically this year and talk about it together. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey everyone, it's Chelsea and I'm here today with Chris and Ryan, and we have some interesting things happening in Daniel. He has a couple of visions and um, Babylon Falls. Which is kind of a big deal. We didn't even talk about that in our pre-discussion to recording. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what um, did we discuss in our yeah. pre-discussion? <laughs> All kinds of stuff. Yeah, let's, let's talk about it. What stuck out to you guys? Uh, what stuck out to me is I would love to find out how Daniel did this, but he had a vision, and he was terrified, and his face was pale with fear, and he kept those things to himself, and nobody knew. <laughs> I'm not sure how he accomplished that, Daniel, but... Are you... Hoping to become more like Daniel in your life. I would love to learn that because people are always like, you're lying. I can see it on your face. <laughs> so you're pale. <laughs> I guess, I guess Daniel will also, get, I burn easily, guys. Oh, man. Okay, what else? <laughs> well, we we do a couple different visions and they do mean different things. But one of the things that is nice about the book of Daniel, a lot of times it we don't get all the details, but we get the big picture of what's being talked about. Yeah. Uh, chapter seven, uh, he's got a vision of four beasts. Chapter 7 and chapter 2 are very, very similar, that these pictures are kind of a walk through history, looking at the kings and kingdoms, starting with Babylon, moving on to Persian media, going to Greece, and eventually ending in Rome. And around the time of Rome, there's a kingdom that will come that will never have an end. Hmm. We know what that kingdom is. Hmm. That would be the kingdom of God, which, (laughs) pulling back out from that for a second, here is an incredible vision of something that is prophetic, it's very detailed, and if you're a history buff, you're going to love Daniel because you can you can see history being prophesied hundreds of years in advance. And when we look it up in the books, when we look up the facts, it works. Like Daniel is an incredible book to give us hope and trust in the word of God that's, uh, yeah, it's accurate. It's real. Uh, so chapter seven is mainly uh, talking about Rome. Uh, we see this because in verse 17 of chapter seven, says these four hu- huge beasts represent four kingdoms that will arise from the earth. But in the end, the holy people of the Most High will be given the kingdom and they will rule forever and ever. Very similar to chapter two. So we are in the time of Babylon. That's where we start. Kingdom number one, mm-hmm. Media and Persia, kingdom number two, Greece, kingdom number three, Rome. And of course, if we know our New Testament, Rome is the kingdom ruling the world when the kingdom comes. So mm-hmm. it can seem really sensational. Uh, and it's, very visual and things, but we've got uh, a walk through history here. It's pretty incredible. So what's interesting about that is that if you date this book as written by Daniel, if you date this in Daniel's time, you have an example of an incredibly detailed prophecy, which lays out exactly which Kings will be ruling when. Um, and so you have a really, really good example of a prophecy of God being played out specifically through kingdoms and history actually lining up specifically with the mm. way this prophecy is worded. Uh, you alluded to this earlier before we turn it on, but there are people who date the book of Daniel at the conclusion of those kingdoms because of how detailed these prophecies are. Um, so it's, it's, it's a great example. I think like we've seen God saying, Hey, Nebuchadnezzar, you're working on my behalf. Here's this. We have no reason to believe that God would ever stop that. And so this is here, like just writing down, how God's going to work and how these kingdoms are going to play out. Mm. Um, it's another great spot to say, Hey, you know what? This can't actually mean for you what it didn't mean mm. for them. Um, one of the huge issues with these two passage is context. 
And so, I mean, it is. And the rest of the Bible. (laughs) (laughs) But you can't actually just fly right into Daniel 7 and be like, this means what I think it to mean. You have to actually understand 7 in view of 8 in view of the whole book. Um, So you don't get to like fly in here super fast, pull out three verses and say that you understand it to mean something that the text actually explicitly says it does not mean. So here's a great example of exactly what you're talking about, Ryan. So in Daniel chapter eight, this is a different vision. So we're not talking about Rome anymore. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a vision of a ram and a Mm -hmm. goat. But one of the phrases in Daniel chapter eight, uh, he is told that the vision is to relate to the time of the end. Mm -hmm. As 21st century readers were going, oh, time of the end, we're talking end times here. Mm. But if you read down a few more verses, we're actually told what this time is. And it says, what you have seen pertains to the very time of the end. The two-horned ram represents the kings of Media and Persia. The shaggy male goat represents the king of Greece. And the large horn between his eyes represents the first king of the Greek empire. So we can't just jump to our understanding what the time of the end is. We are told what the time of the end is. We are talking about the time of Media, Persia, and then it goes on to even talk about uh, some of the things that happen in the Greek Empire. Uh, there is another guy that comes up that sometimes can be looped into the end times discussion, uh, but historically, there's a historical figure that fits this totally. At the time of the end that's being talked about here, I, we have to remember we're looking at four kings and kingdoms. And at the end of that four, the kingdom of God comes. So the time of the end is, it's it's that inauguration into the kingdom era, not the end of all history. Mm-hmm. Revelation deals with the end of all history. Daniel is a, is a walk through kings and kingdoms, if you look at the text. Right. And this, this text written in 551 BC um, would have been encouraging to the people in 551 BC and into the the time of Jesus, it would not be, Daniel would not write something down that would be encouraging for Mm -hmm. us. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Not when it comes to prophecy. (laughs) And because this prophecy spans literally hundreds of years and empires, there were people in the 300s, 200 years after this, Mm -hmm. that read Daniel and realized this is now. Yes. But it leads up until the inauguration of the kingdom, which was the first coming of Christ. Yeah. We've got time to talk about the second coming, but just... Like the biggest thing is you can't just take a verse that is explicitly explained three verses later right. and yep. say that it means something that it isn't, that isn't defined by that later verse that says, this is what that means. So right. even if it sounds like something, yes, uh, we can't do that. Right. And the other thing I want to point out is a long time ago in a prophecy, I forget which book we were in, but it talked about the Babylon, the Babylonian kingdom falling in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. This actually mm-hmm. happens. Mm-hmm. I just like, it's another specific thing that we can go back into the Bible and what we were reading. And it's happening right now that the Babylonian kingdom fell in the middle of the night and the Medes took over, which is just crazy that, accuracy. <laughs> that's, I mean, that, that you're referring to the final chapter we read today where yeah, uh, the yeah. writing on the wall. Yes. Yeah. Um, that's it is time for Babylon to end. Yep. Yeah. It's like the, the last line, Darius the Mede took over the kingdom at the age of 62. See, if you're in your third season, you can still take over kingdoms. (laughs) (laughs) What stuck out to you today? (laughs) Ruling kingdoms. Daniel 7, beginning in verse 1. Earlier during the first year of King Belshazzar's reign in Babylon, Daniel had a dream and saw visions as he lay in his bed. He wrote down the dream, and this is what he saw. 
In my vision that night, I, Daniel, saw a great storm turning the surface of a great sea with strong winds blowing from every direction. Then four huge beasts came up out of the water, each different from the others. The first beast was like a lion with eagle's wings. As I watched, its wings were pulled off, and it was left standing with its two hind feet on the ground like a human being, and it was given a human mind. Then I saw a second beast, and it looked like a bear. It was rearing up on one on one side, and it had three ribs in its mouth between its teeth. And I heard a voice saying to it, Get up, devour the flesh of many people. Then the third of these strange beasts appeared, and it looked like a leopard. It had four birds' wings on its back, and it had four heads. Great authority was given to this beast. Then in my vision that night, I saw a fourth beast, terrifying, dreadful, and very strong. It devoured and crushed its victims with huge iron teeth and trampled their remains beneath its feet. It was different from any of the other beasts, and it had ten horns. As I was looking at the horns, suddenly another small horn appeared among them. Three of the first horns were torn out by the roots to make room for it. This little horn had eyes like human eyes and a mouth that was boasting arrogantly. I watched as thrones were put in place, and the ancient one sat down to judge. His clothing was white as snow, his hair was purest wool. He sat on a fiery throne with wheels of blazing fire, and a river of fire was pouring out, flowing from his presence. Millions of angels ministered to him, many millions stood to attend him. Then the court began its session, and the books were opened. I continued to watch because I could hear the little horn's boastful speech. I kept watching until the fourth beast was killed and its body was destroyed by the fire. The other three beasts had their authority taken from them, but they were allowed to live a while longer. As my vision continued that night, I saw someone like a son of man coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the ancient one and was led into his presence. He was given authority, honor, and sovereignty over all the nations of the world so that people of every race and nation and language would obey him. His rule is eternal. It will never end. His kingdom will never be destroyed. I, Daniel, was troubled by all I had seen, and my visions terrified me, so I approached one of those standing beside the throne and asked him what it all meant. He explained it to me like this. These four huge beasts represented four kingdoms that will arise from the earth, but in the end, the holy people of the Most High will be given the kingdom, and they will rule forever and ever. Then I wanted to know the true meaning of the fourth beast, the one so different than the others and so terrifying. It had devoured and crushed its victims with iron teeth and bronze claws, trampling their remains beneath its feet. I also asked about the ten horns on the fourth beast's head and the little horn that came up afterward and destroyed three of the other horns. This horn had seemed greater than the others and had human eyes and a mouth that was boasting arrogantly. As I watched, this horn was waging war against God's holy people and was defeating them until the Ancient One, the Most High, came and judged in favor of his holy people. Then the time arrived for the holy people to take over the kingdom. Then he said to me, This fourth beast is the fourth world power that will rule the earth. It will be different from all the others. It will devour the whole world, trampling and crushing everything in its path. Its ten horns are ten kings who will rule that empire. Then another king will rise. Different than the other ten, who will subdue three of them. He will defy the Most High and oppress the holy people of the Most High. He will try to change their sacred festivals and laws, and they will be placed under his control for a time, times, and time half a time. But then the court will pass judgment, and all his power will be taken away and completely destroyed. Then the sovereignty, power, and greatness of all the kingdoms under heaven will be given to the holy people of the Most High. His kingdom will last forever, and all rulers will serve and obey him. That was the end of the vision. I, Daniel, was terrified by my thoughts, and my face was pale with fear, but I kept these things to myself. During the third year of King Belshazzar's reign, I, Daniel, saw another vision, following the one that had already appeared to me. In this vision, I was at the fortress of Susa, in the province of Elam, standing beside the Uli River. 
As I looked up, I saw a ram with two long horns standing beside the river. One of the horns was longer than the other, even though it had grown later than the other horns. The ram butted everything out of his way to the west, to the north, and to the south, and no one could stand against him or help his victims. He did as he pleased and became very great. While I was watching, suddenly a male goat appeared from the west, crossing the land so swiftly that he didn't even touch the ground. This goat, which had one very large horn between its eyes, headed toward the two-horned ram that I had already seen beside the river, rushing at him in a rage. The goat charged furiously at the ram and struck him, breaking off both his horns. Now the ram was helpless, and the goat knocked him down and trampled him. No one could rescue the ram from the goat's power. The goat became very powerful, but at the height of his power, his large horn was broken off. In the large horn's place grew four prominent horns pointing in the four directions of the earth. Then from one of the prominent horns came a small horn whose power grew very great. It extended toward the south and the east and toward the glorious land of Israel. Its power reached the heavens, where it attacked the heavenly army, throwing some of the heavenly beings and some of the stars to the ground and trampling them. It even challenged the commander of heaven's army by canceling the daily sacrifices offered to him and by destroying the temple. The army of heaven was restrained from responding to this rebellion, so the daily sacrifice was halted and truth was overthrown. The horn succeeded in everything it did. Then I heard two holy ones talking to each other. One of them asked, How long will the events of this vision last? How long will the rebellion that causes desecration stop the daily sacrifices? How long will the temple and heaven's army be trampled on? The other replied, It will take 2,300 evenings and mornings. Then the temple will be made right again. As I, Daniel, was trying to understand the meaning of this vision, someone who looked like a man stood in front of me, and I heard a human voice calling out from the Ulai River, Gabriel, tell this man the meaning of his vision. As Gabriel approached the place where I was standing, I became so terrified that I fell with my face to the ground. Son of man, he said, you must understand that the events that you have seen in your vision relate to the time of the end. While he was speaking, I fainted and lay there with my face to the ground, but Gabriel roused me with a touch and helped me to my feet. Then he said, I am here to tell you what will happen later in the time of wrath. What you have seen pertains to the very end of time. The two-horned ram represent the kings of Media and Persia. The shaggy male goat represents the king of Greece. And a large horn between his eyes represents the first king of the Greek empire. The four prominent horns that replace the one large horn show that the Greek empire will break into four kingdoms, but none was as great as the first. At the end of their rule, when their sin is at its height, a fierce king, a master of intrigue, will rise to power. He will become very strong, not by his own power, and he will cause a shocking amount of destruction and succeed at everything he does. He will destroy powerful leaders and devastate the holy people. He will be a master of deception. He will become arrogant. He will destroy many without warning. He will even take on the prince of princes in a battle, but he will be broken, though not by human power. This vision about the 2,300 evenings and mornings is true, but none of these things will happen for a long time, so keep this vision a secret. Then I, Daniel, was overcome and lay sick for several days. Afterward, I got up and performed my duties for the king, but I was greatly troubled by the vision and could not understand it. Daniel chapter 5. Many years later, King Belshazzar gave a great feast for 1,000 of his nobles, and he drank wine with them. While Belshazzar was drinking the wine, he gave orders to bring in the gold and silver cups that his predecessor, Nebuchadnezzar, had taken from the temple in Jerusalem. He wanted to drink from them with his nobles, his wives, and his concubines. So they brought these gold cups taken from the temple, the house of God, in Jerusalem, and the king and his nobles, his wives, and his concubines drank from them. While they drank from them, they praised their idols made of gold, silver, bronze, iron, wood, and stone. Then suddenly, they saw fingers of a human hand writing on the plaster of the king's palace near the lampstand. The king himself saw the hand as it wrote, and his face turned pale with fright. His knees knocked together in fear, and his legs gave way beneath him. 
The king shouted for his enchanters, astrologers, and fortune tellers to be brought in before him. He said to these wise men of Babylon, whoever can read this writing and tell me what it means will be dressed in purple robes of royal honor and will have a gold chain placed around his neck. He will become the third highest ruler in the kingdom. But when all the king's wise men had come in, none of them could read the writing or tell him what it meant. So the king grew even more alarmed and his face turned pale. His nobles too were shaken. But when the queen mother heard what was happening, she hurried to the banquet hall. She said to Belshazzar, Long live the king. Don't be so pale and frightened. There is a man in your kingdom who has within him the spirit of the holy gods. During Nebuchadnezzar's reign, this man was found to have insight, understanding, and wisdom like that of the gods. Your predecessor, the king, your predecessor, King Nebuchadnezzar, made him chief over all the magicians, enchanters, astrologers, and fortune tellers of Babylon. This man, Daniel, whom the king named Belshazzar, has exceptional ability and is filled with divine knowledge and understanding. He can interpret dreams, explain riddles, and solve different problems. Call for Daniel, and he will tell you what the writing means. So Daniel was brought in before the king. The king asked him, Are you Daniel, one of the exiles brought from Judah by my predecessor, King Nebuchadnezzar? I have heard that you have the spirit of the gods within you and that you are filled with insight, understanding, and wisdom. My wise men and enchanters have tried to read the words on the wall and tell me their meaning, but they cannot do it. I am told that you can give interpretations and solve difficult problems. If you can read the words and tell me their meaning, you will be clothed in purple robes of royal honor, and you will have a gold chain placed around your neck. You will become the third highest ruler of the kingdom. Daniel answered the king, Keep your gifts or give them to someone else, but I will tell you what the writing means. Your majesty, the Most High God, gave sovereignty Majesty, glory, and honor to your predecessor, Nebuchadnezzar. He has made him so great that the people of all races and nations and languages trembled before him in fear. He killed those he wanted to kill and spared those he wanted to spare. He honored those he wanted to honor and disgraced those he wanted to disgrace. But when his heart and mind were puffed up with arrogance, he was brought down from his royal throne and stripped of his glory. He was driven from human society. He was given the mind of a wild animal, and he lived among the wild donkeys. He ate grass like a cow. He was drenched with the dew of heaven until he learned that the Most High God rules over the kingdoms of the world and appoints anyone he desires to rule over them. You are his successor, O Belshazzar. You knew all of this, yet you have not humbled yourself. For you have proudly defied the Lord of heaven, and you have these cups from his temple brought before you. You and your nobles and your wives and concubines have been drinking wine from them while praising gods of silver, gold, bronze, iron, wood, and stone. Gods that neither see nor hear nor anything at all. But you have not honored the God who gives you the breath of life and controls your destiny. So God has sent his hand to write this message. This is the message that was written. Many, many, tekel parzin. This is what these words mean. Many means numbered. God has numbered the days of your reign and has brought them brought it to an end. Tekel means weighted. You have been weighted on the balances and have not measured up. Parson means divided. Your kingdom has been divided and given to the Medes and Persians. Then in Belshazzar's command, Daniel was dressed in purple robes. A gold chain was hung around his neck and he was proclaimed the third highest ruler in the kingdom. That very night, Belshazzar, the Babylonian king, was killed. And Darius the Mede took over the kingdom at the age of 62.
Hey guys, this is Ryan, and I hope you are getting a lot out of God's whole story. Uh, it means a lot to us, even as we are reading through God's Word every single day in the order that it happened. Um, if you want to go ahead and follow us, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at God's Whole Story Podcast. Uh, we would love it if you would share this thing with your friends or people that you know, or just share what's sticking out to you. Uh, you can either send us a DM, or you could actually email us at podcasts at worshipcenter.org. You can email us if you have any questions, if something stuck out to you, if you'd like us to pray for you. And if you want a Bible, if you don't have one right now, or if you want a copy of the one that we're using to go through God's whole story, we'd be happy to send that to you. So go ahead and reach out to us in any way that you'd like. We'd love to hear from you. Have a great day.